Reese's peanut butter cups are the greatest, but let me play devil's advocate here. Let's see. So, no, that's a good thing. Uh, <laughs> that's definitely not a problem. Uh, Reese's, you did it. You stumped this charming devil. You're listening to the Fantasy Sports Radio Network. Now tuned in to the Roto Experts. Good Tuesday, everybody. It's the Roto Experts. Jake Seeley, Scott Engel. A lot to get into because the quote-unquote legal tampering period is officially underway, which means we already know where people are headed for NFL free agency. Although... There's always a last-minute swerve that might come up. We've got a lot of reports of things that are happening or quote-unquote unofficial. So we'll dive into that. Scott, are you ready for this? Is free agency week has already begun, even though it doesn't technically count until tomorrow at 4 p.m. Yeah, it's, it's, it's here already. It's, uh, you know, the big news is rolling fast and furious. It's, that's for sure. You can sound a little bit more excited about it. Uh, I, I I don't know. Keeping a level head about it, there's a lot to come here and and digest. You get a little bowled over. I know, but it's NFL free agency. This is the time where everybody can have hopes and dreams, unless you're a Giants fan and get snatches out from underneath you. Oh, stop it! What it did? Andrew Norwell's going to the Jaguars. So Which Giants fans are supposed maybe to be upset sign about somebody that? else. No, there's there's nobody on the free agency to sign. He was the only good offensive lineman out there. I got to look at the list. Yeah, two of them were with the Giants. Both of them were coming off injuries. One they're moving on from. Not like they the still can't make make a trade or, you know, have a draft yeah, pick. How many times did a trade actually happen? Especially for a quality offensive lineman. Come on. This isn't like, oh, whatever. Just be realistic, Scott. If, you got, if the Seahawks missed out on their top option, on their top person they were targeting, and it was somebody of this level, you'd you be upset on. too. You move on. No, you, but you'd be upset, too. I, I don't know if I'm ever going to get upset about a guy they don't get because he was never on the team to begin with. Yeah, whatever. All right, well, then Giants fans can be upset with me. Well, you have a, you have a unique perspective on the Giants. I don't have a unique perspective. Everybody yes, you do. out You there. don't want them to draft Saquon Barkley. Uh, we're not doing want this to again, trade Scott. Odell Beckham. We're not doing this again. I have again. to remind everybody. No, because they can go out and look at the same articles that are out there on a multitude of sites. It's not a unique perspective. You make it sound like I'm the only one, and I'm not, by far. Uh, I think there are a lot of Giant fans who'd like to say, have Saquon Barkley. And there's a lot of Giants fans who don't. And there's a lot of Giants fans who are tired with Odell Beckham, too. My point being is their offensive line is miserable. Uh, the, I'm not disagreeing with you necessarily, but okay. and if, if they don't get a star player, you know, maybe they can get a solid guy. They're not. Gonna, they had a bunch of mediocre solid guys last year, and look at what it got them. They needed a significant upgrade. This was the main target. Norwell was supposed to be the favorite. He had the connections to get him in. Everything was supposed to be happening, and then they were one of the finalists last night. And then what we wake up this morning. What if they got Josh Sitton? It's, he's subpar. Nobody's. The fact is, Andrew Norrell was a top five free agent in this class, no matter what Bush position. Rod? Again, subpar. He'd be lucky to get a starting job anywhere at this point. Jari Evans? 
even worse. You're just going down the list. The point is, is he was a top five free agent no matter what position you were talking about. So the season's over then for the Giants already at the beginning of free agency. Is that what I'm saying? You may sound like it. No, I'm not. I, I, you're, you're making it sound like I can't be disappointed because they missed out on one of the best free agents out there who are going to significantly help one of their biggest weaknesses. Actually, their biggest weakness. I'm sorry. Like I, I want to be disappointed about that. I wouldn't be shocked if they make a trade. We've seen They're some not, trades already. Not for offensive linemen. You don't, offensive linemen don't get traded. Not quality when, when this, ones. The Seahawks traded Max Unger to get Jimmy Graham, right? And what happened? It was yeah. quality. And, and that, okay, was and what, that was a mistake. And it was. And Not the for fact the Saints, is, though. They don't have that kind of talent to give up. And there's not. I that's the, and I, think the only, being, I think it'd be very doom and gloom and contrarian. No, I'm not being contrarian. Would you stop with that? You are being contrarian. No, I'm not. I want Saquon Barkley. I'm not going to stop. No. You're just going down the same road, sitting in the same tune. Be- because because, because you have some very unique perspectives on it's things. It's not a unique perspective, Scott. If I was the only person that's unique. Free agency didn't even start yet. I, would, I wouldn't go doom and gloom just yet. It's not doom and gloom either. You like do the same routine over and over and over and over again. So? <laughs> you play old. into the same routine. It's old. You play into the same routine. No, because I play With into your you. contrarian viewpoints. Because I let you do it. It's not contrarian. You got it's your head in the straight mud. Straight Jake Steely. You don't let me do anything. You get you get your head in the mud over there. You, you're you're uh, you're Mister Unusual over there. You can keep saying that you're wrong, but you can keep saying no, that. No, that's my opinion. That doesn't mean it's wrong. And it's either. wrong. And it's no. wrong. Yes, it's it my is. Viewpoint. Because it's about me. You, no, you can't tell me what I am. You know what? It's a, it's an outside viewpoint of you. You know what? My opinion of you, you're wrong. Ha! Huh? In your face, you're that, wrong. Opinions are not wrong. You're opinions wrong. Opinions are subjective. Okay, so my opinion of you is wrong. Ha! Huh. No, you're wrong. Not necessarily. So it's right. Can't have my opinion be wrong. My opinion, you're wrong. I win. Story no, over. Don't. No, you don't. <laughs> That's my opinion as well. Can't be wrong. You said it. Just because you feel strongly about your opinion doesn't mean it's any more valid than mine. I, I, it's my opinion. You said it can't be wrong. So you can't be right, right either. It is it's neither right nor wrong. No, nope, you can't play both sides of the fence, Scott. I win. We're not talking facts here. The difference between fact and opinion. Right. Opinions you said are opinions subjective. can't be wrong. My opinion is they you're wrong. They can't be right I either. Win. They're neither. I win. We're over. You, know, you lose. <laughs> no, and uh, Walking Dead still sucks. If that's your opinion. And that's neither right nor wrong. That's just your taste. It's just your nope. viewpoint. It's just right, too. Let's see what else. No. Uh, wow. Let's see. You're really full of yourself, and I am definitely not wrong about that. Sea- Seahawks are rebuilding. They suck. Uh, no, let's see what else. That's that's not true, either. <laughs> I'm trying to think what the Mets If I go by the dictionary definition of what a rebuild is, then you're definitely wrong. It's to build something about? up again when it's destroyed. The Seahawks have not been destroyed. They're remodeling. Yeah, they're retooling. They're not rebuilding. And, and that, that, see, I was just joking around, but now you're playing semantics over there. No, I'm not. There's a difference in the dictionary between what rebuilding is and what re- remodeling is. Yeah, they're doing it all. No, just they're like not. the Giants. If they were rebuilt, no, they're a better team than the Giants. Not now. Yes, not they are. It's just everything they gave away. It's like 
Jake, I expect better of you than to, you know, look at the big, just look at like one, two losses. And then I look at the fact they still have a franchise quarterback and they still and? have some very good pieces on defense. Okay. They have the best middle linebacker and the best free safety in football. Okay. And if you put the rosters side by side next to each other, the Seahawks don't have tons more talent. They Not anymore. You can build around a franchise quarterback and the defense is definitely better than the Giants. They have a better they have a better quarterback than <laughs> What's the Giants. What's left? What's left at this point on defense? Earl Thomas, Bobby Wagner, KJ Wright, Frank Clark. You can build around that. Okay. Now look, I want to be I want to be clear here because I was talking with Corey about this last you night. Okay. Can, no, hold on. You the goalposts have moved. The, the goalposts have moved. Okay. Uh, you know, this is not a rebuilding team because rebuilding team is some is a team that's going to win like four or five games. You know, they're not a rebuilding team. They're not a Super Bowl team anymore. They're not a Super Bowl contender anymore. They can still team. be. They can still be a playoff team. They have the pieces to build around to still have a shot at the playoffs. Not unless they make some moves. As of right now, they're not a playoff they, team. They cleared, they, but the season doesn't start today. They, 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 what they did was they still have pieces to build around. They have one of the best cornerbacks in the NFL. You could always build around that. They, they, and they, have, they still have some outstanding pieces on defense. And you can say a lot about the Giants. Such they as? Won. The best wide receiver in the NFL, one of the one of the best defensive lines, one of the best safeties in the NFL. Yeah, they have plenty of talent too. I mean, they do. I expected better of them last year. Oh, everybody did. Yeah, you know what? But the problem is, they ignored the offensive line, and they already lost out on that. And now their offensive line, as of right now, is Brett Jones, Eric Flowers, and nobody. (laughs) I don't know if that's what the offensive line is going to look like when the season starts. It's not, and the sad thing is there's nothing else out there unless they somehow convince Pew to come back because they were already moving on from him, and now they are left kind of going back to their jilted lover and seeing if they'll take them back. Like, oh, I'm sorry. I didn't mean that I wanted to leave you for this better person. Won't you come back to me? That's what the Giants are going to have to do, hat in hand. There, look, you love that too. I just threw out a cliche for you. Oh, boy. It's not <laughs> off to a good start today. How about what's off to a good start? How about the Bears? Allen Robinson is headed to the Bears. They finally get a number one wide receiver who hopefully can stay on the field, unlike Kevin White. Or, well, Kevin White was never a number one. He just always had the potential. No. But they, actually, they have a number, number one now one in Allen Robinson. What? Number one disappointment. Oh, yeah. That's, that's no question about it. So, Allen Robinson to the Bears. Fancy impact for Allen Robinson. Fancy impact for Trubisky. What are your initial thoughts, Scott? Uh, you know, this guy had a great year in 2015. Uh, 2016 numbers were down, and then obviously had the injuries last year. Uh, but still, the talent is there, and I think the Bears are building something very solid over there. They have a very good running back in Jordan Howard. They have what they feel is their franchise quarterback in Trubisky, and now they finally they get him the wide receiver. They were linked to Watkins too, but obviously that's not going to happen now with him going to Kansas City. But uh, you know. He's going to eat up a lot of targets, and I think he's got a lot to prove. And Trubisky, you know, maybe he gets somebody else in that passing game, but he, that's his clear number one receiver. I think he'll throw the ball more this year. I think he could be a good fantasy wide receiver too. And uh, Trubisky's only going to get better in my eyes. Yeah, I actually think wide receiver too easy in my opinion. And I'm not expecting 
the Jacksonville numbers of all those touchdowns in the first season and when or second season, but the first season with him playing <laughs> portals where they played well together, we scored 14. That's not happening. But I could easily see the 80 receptions, 1,200 yards, seven, eight touchdowns, which would put him not just as a wide receiver too, but high-end wide receiver too. Yeah, I could see it. You know, look, it's all about health, and he can certainly bounce back. I think, I think he's going to play with a lot to prove. I think that's too. Is the good thing is he got a long-term contract here in essence, and he can build that rapport with Trubisky and get started with that. And I think Trubisky, look, you know, I don't know if you saw this, Scott, but about a month ago when I was doing my off-season football articles, I said finding the next, and it was finding the next breakout quarterback, the breakout running back, and the breakout wide receiver, and. You know this, just off the top of your head, where the majority of fancy people would go at quarterback. They would jump to Mahomes because everybody's enamored with Mahomes and people oh, wanted yeah, to see are. Mahomes. Yes, yeah, Mahomes, Mahomes, Mahomes. So the, the breakout quarterback you should be looking at is the same draft class, same rookie class as Mitchell Trubisky because Mitchell Trubisky, for all the compliments that everybody wants to give Mahomes, very similar in what they do is the fact that they have the athleticism, they have the skills, they have everything. You, they, they just need the smarts. They need to learn how to read a defense. They need to learn the progressions and go yeah. through them. But if you look at Trubisky, the biggest thing, too, is look at his wide receivers last year. Now you have Cam Meredith coming back from his injury with Allen Robinson. And whatever they do in the running game, whether or not they trade or hold on to Jordan Howard, but you still have Tariq Cohen. You have Adam Shaheen in the second year at tight end. This could be – and I said – I don't think it will be quite as good as Jared Goff's second season, the years that he just had last year. But I think Trubisky could be that Jared Goff type of sender where he's a high-end QB, too, with these now weapons. Yeah, I, I agree with you, too. You know, he really didn't have anything to work with last year. He's mobile. Uh, some people talk about his lack of college football ex- experience, but, uh, you know, what they're doing is they're doing the right thing around him and, you know, building the right pieces around him. Yeah, absolutely. So you drafting Trubisky late in drafts, or you just let him sit out there and maybe grab him after a week or two? Uh, pick Trubisky up for my fantasy team? Yeah, like would you draft him in like the 14th round? A lot of times I'm not going to draft a backup quarterback. Uh, so I'd See, I changed my tune with that. For, so did I. I was the other way. <laughs> Like you were, I always, felt like I, I always felt like I needed one, but then I'm always finding a decent one on free agency. No, and see, usually but I only need him for one week. I, I well, uh, we are all agree with that. Is I think it's different too when you talk about. It depends Austin. on who your starter is, though. Well, obviously, you're not drafting one if you're drafting the Aaron Rodgers, Drew Brees, and those of the world. But if you're draft, as soon as you drop down into that third tier, which the guys were, you know. Uh, like top of my head, Kirk Cousins doesn't have the best game every single week. You probably don't want no. to ever try to sit Kirk Cousins. But like, if you're in that Jameis Winston, Marcus Mariota, Phil Rivers, Stafford, if you're in that range, yeah. I have no problem. I with could it. see it. Yeah, I could yeah, see big, taking him in the last because round. Because the big thing is, you get it. I might still take my defense ahead of him. Uh, I don't know if I would go that. Yeah, because I, I'm more of the fact that defense nine out of ten times the number one defense doesn't end up being anything close. Actually, Scott, do you know the do you know the last time a number one scoring fantasy defense has finished back to back? Number oh, one? I, I don't remember. It might have been like the Ravens or something. Further back than correctly. that. Exactly. Yeah. Ninety nine two thousand Steelers. Yeah, That's but you know, we're just going one to one. You know, when was the last time like the number one finished like in the top five the next year? No, it's probably I think it happened like once or twice 
since then. Yeah, because I ran all the numbers. I was I'm just pretty. Just I'm, fuck- I'm pretty sure the Seattle defense had to be top five at least two years in a row. Uh, I don't know if they were too, because you remember Seattle's defense was actually just really good in real life, but not always good in fantasy. Like the Eagles were the number one defense, not this past year. I'm talking about a couple of years ago when they were miserable at giving up points because fantasy is different than real life. You know, yeah. you know how that. Works. Yeah. So. In any case, but yeah, I started drafting those quarterbacks because instead of waiting and then everybody's going to get Jared Goff, everybody's going to get Deshaun Watson off the wire, and then you hope that you're the one that gets him, maybe you just draft him and he turns into something for you in three weeks, and then you either have a trade chip or you have a brand-new quarterback that's even better. Because if you look at last year, for the QB1s, Carson Wentz, undrafted, Alex Smith, undrafted, I said Jared Goff already, undrafted, Case Keenum, Blake Bortles, undrafted, undrafted, so... You know, you might get yourself a QB1, and then yeah, you might actually even be better than the person you did. All those guys finished ahead of Mariota, Andy Dalton, Jameis Winston, Eli Manning. I mean, you can keep going down the list. The quarterbacks, they, they all finished in front of Matt Ryan. So you just never know. It, it always it really depends on who your starter is. I don't think there's an absolute, absolute answer to it. And it depends on where you're getting him in the draft. But I think yeah. he's got a lot to prove to the point where I'll take we hit a break, number two's over him. Break. Didn't hear the music. We're coming back. Roto Experts. What if I were to tell you that there was a professional football league where you, the fan, got to draft the team and call the plays? Is that something you might be interested in? The Fan Control Football League is bringing managerial control to the fans. Visit fcfl.io to learn more. Back to the Roto Experts, Jake Seeley, Scott Angle. NFL free agency is in full effect despite this legal tampering, whatever. They, they, didn't, they need a new name for that, Scott. But get a lot to get to. Some more news from that. Some baseball news we didn't get to yesterday. Continue to get to today. As well as if you're looking to get the DFS, check out Fancy Factors, the perfect daily fantasy site for the casual recreational player. Flatter prize pools, smaller fields, and single entry contest only. Fancy Factor always has fun contests going. Right now, free entry into the March Madness bracket and Sweet 16 bracket. And Fancy Factor is running a $100,000 home run derby this year. So sign up and enter. It's fancyfactor.com. All right, Scott, here's the other big wide receiver, Sammy Watkins. These are the two top ones. It was Watkins and Robinson, and it looks like they're not going to be spending much time on free agency. Actually, they're not even going to hit free agency technically because as soon as the bell tolls on Wednesday, the deals are already done. Watkins is going to the Chiefs, so not only do the Chiefs finally have a number one wide receiver, but guess what? Alex Smith doesn't get to enjoy it because he's gone. It's Sammy Watkins and Patrick Mahomes. Yeah, this is going to be very interesting now. This is like a totally remade and different Chiefs team than we've already seen with Alex Smith. You know, now you have Tyreek Hill as one deep threat. You have, you have Sammy Watkins as another deep threat. You have a Travis Kelsey who can move the chains. But the big X factor is here, can Patrick Mahomes, as much as everybody loves how much he can throw the deep ball and how exciting it can be, can he be a high percentage passer that moves the offense consistently? And will Sammy Watkins be any more reliable than he was last year? Because there's two other targets there. There are, but at least it's giving Patrick Mahomes all the weapons to be successful. Do you think? I've already said this before, Scott, and it, re- it goes back to something we just said in the first segment about Mitchell Trubisky, and I said everybody's going to be all over Mahomes and knew that anyway. But 
with this signing on top of everything, so Kareem Hunt, you just mentioned Tyreek Hill, Travis Kelsey, Sammy Watkins, the excitement around Patrick Mahomes, the most overdrafted quarterback as of today. There's plenty of time, but I think as we could say it right now with the assumption that people are going to be drafting him as a fringe, potentially inside QB1 territory, and going to be wildly overdrafting Patrick Mahomes next year. It's very possible. We don't know what kind of consistency we're going to see from week to week. No, we don't. Not uh, not at all. And actually, I'm looking right now, and I did my way too early rankings, as we always do on this network and on this for the Roto Experts site. By the way, go over and check Roto Experts. Hey, not just football, Scott. That's right. Because every season, thousands of players like you come to rotoexperts.com to help make their season a winning season. You can talk to premium Roto Experts Slack channel and get that one-on-one feeling with our award-winning experts. Dominate your draft. Most accurate baseball rankings led by Scott, this guy, the King, Angle, and myself. You get a draft package, cheat sheet generator, player projections, and much more. We're also giving off 20% off Scott, DailyRoto.com, and their DFS products. It's powered by millionaire maker winner Drew Dickmeyer. They've also made three other millionaire makers over there. Go to RotoExperts.com slash MLB18 today and save 10% off with promo code. You know the code, right? You know it at this point, Scott. Yes, FNTSY. 10% off. It's very easy. You're listening to FNTSY. You use the code for FNTSY, and you get 20% off. All right, so I'm looking right now for my 2018 rankings. I have Patrick Mahomes at 20th, Scott. Mm. Who do you have right ahead of him? Marcus Mariota? Yeah. So are you you saying yes? That's fair. That's fair. Okay. Yeah. Alex Smith? Uh, I'd probably... I'd probably rank Mahomes over Smith. Alex Smith was number three last year. I, I look, I, I agree with you. I'm looking at the two. Mahomes. There's more upside, but Alex Smith also finished. Who's his receivers? He's got Crowder and what else? Well, that's the remains to be seen. Yeah. Doxon, Crowder, and if Jordan Reed can ever stay on the field. But he's, no, I think he was 20. Yeah, 20th the year before, 15th the year before that, uh, I think 17th or, yeah, something like that. So he's always, that's the thing. I I have the same reaction you do, Scott, but I look at the fact that Alex Smith continually finishes inside the top 20 all the time. Uh, So Matt Ryan, Jameis Winston, Dak Prescott, Jimmy Garoppolo, Phillip Rivers, Andrew Luck. I mean, how you can't put Mahomes against any of those guys except maybe Alex Smith. Yeah, just... uh... You know, I've, I've never been an Alex Smith guy. I guess the numbers say otherwise. You know, he had the best year of his career throwing downfield. If he can copy that in Washington, you know, I, I guess I'm underrating him. Well, I, I don't know that we're so much underrating him. It's just what does he really do for you? I think I'll put it this way, Scott, and I think you might agree with this, is the reason we go, uh, whatever uh, – He's kind of like Frank Gore. Is he ends up there because he's just consistently in the middle and he always plays 16 games. Like it's he it's does. not like he's not ever winning you a week. I mean, maybe like I last think, year. Know, as an NFL quarterback, I'm not a fan, but a fantasy quarterback, he's probably outproduced what I'm saying. Yeah, he'll probably outproduce, yeah. but at the same time, if if we get all these quarterbacks taking a step forward and they all don't miss time, he'll get bumped back. But it's the fact of, you know, is he going to play the full season? Will they play the full season? But in any case, so those are the two big ones wide receiver. The one other one, speaking of quarterbacks... Case Keenum, Scott, to the Broncos. The Broncos are clearly Broncos. out 
Yep. No much. No more Kirk Cousins chase for them. And uh, I think this is a long time assumed that Cousins was going to be the Vikings. and It would be a surprise if he went anybody anywhere else. But the Broncos, Kirk Cousins, not an option. Case Keenum, their fallback plan. They move quickly because and somebody wrote about that yesterday, too, saying Case Keenum could be the first one to fall from the Vikings because people are going to just say, you know what? We're not going to screw around and be left holding the bag to use that a second time just because I keep wanting to use that, Scott, because I know how much you love cliches. But Case Keenum, 14th quarterback in fantasy last year in 15 games, played the best season of his career. We all know that. We have to say this is an upgrade for Demarius Thomas and Emmanuel Sanders, even if Case Keenum isn't quite. Let's just take Case Keenum takes a small step back. It's still an upgrade of anything they saw at the quarterback position last year, right, Scott? Yeah, yeah. You know, Keenum last year, twenty-two touchdowns, seven interceptions. There was no precedent for expecting anything what he did, and he did have some good good weeks as a fantasy quarterback, solid, sometimes outstanding. And he's proved that if you surrounded him with talent, uh, that he could win. But uh, I think some people will think maybe he still has to prove he wasn't a one-year wonder and there was a better team around him in Minnesota. Not that it'll suck around him in Denver. But, uh, you know, he's got Emmanuel Sanders. He's, he's got Demarius Thomas. So he's got some pieces to work with. You know, he can still be a high-end number two fantasy quarterback. Yep, I think so as well. And so those are the biggest pieces of news today. We got, like I said, Case Keenum. I think for fancy purposes of his own, he's obviously a QB2, and I'd say mid-level QB2. I wouldn't be surprised if he just ends up non-drafted in most leagues just because once you get to that range, he's in that Alex Smith, Scott, is the fact that if you're going to draft a second quarterback, you're going to try and find a Deshaun Watson. You're going to draft somebody like Mitchell Trubisky or Patrick Mahomes. You're not going to draft Case Keenum as your second quarterback and be like, oh, I want that consistent guy sitting on my bench all year long. Whoop-de-doo. Yeah. I agree with you there, yeah. All right, so we have Case This is the wrap-up for everybody as we move on. Uh, if you're listening to this at night, there's probably a lot more that have happened since then, but Case Keenum to the Broncos, Allen Robinson to the Bears, Sammy Watkins to the Rams. Uh, did you know he had $30 million guaranteed, by the way? Uh, Drew Brees are expected to agree, and the Saints are expected to agree on a two-year contract for all the rumors that somebody might try and chase him, which I thought made a lot of sense. Probably wasn't going to happen, but you might as well ask. Uh, Drew Brees back with the Saints, Andrew Norwell to the Jaguars. Those are the biggest ones. There's a few other that have started to flitter through, but nothing of this kind of impact. So that's the biggest ones. There'll be plenty. Check out rotoexperts.com, not just for the baseball package, but my free agency tracker with Fantasy Impact will be live today. Actually going to start working on it after this show in the morning and going to be updating it nonstop for everybody, Scott. So we have one signing yesterday in baseball. Neil Walker going to the Yankees. I actually think this is a great move for them, Scott. And I got to tell you, I was surprised that this is all Neil Walker could get. I, like, I wasn't expecting him to get three years, $45 million or anything like that. But if you look at Neil Walker, over 140, 150 games, he's going to hit 20 home runs. He's going to steal 10 to 15 bases. He's going to produce runs, going to produce RBIs. He's switch hitter, plays good defense, has a good average. I don't understand what everybody was just waiting for. And I think that this is a terrific landing spot if he ends up playing just 140 games for the Yankees because he's going to get all those numbers playing half his games in Yankee Stadium. Yeah, and, you know, you saw good power from him in 2016. 
I think he hit like nine home runs in the first month. And then last year he flashed some more power at the Mets in the first half. And, you know, great on-brace percentage with, with the uh, – with the Milwaukee Brewers later in the season, you know, this is a guy that's also a terrific clubhouse presence. And it's kind of a signal that the Yankees don't want to rush their young guys because now they can have Walker in second and Drury in third. It's just a matter of staying healthy. You know, Walker now becomes a nice late round middle infield, even though he, you know, the first week or two, he still might be working himself back into form. That That is very true. So what is what do you think this tells you about? Because Andujar had been crushing the ball. They they really hate his defense that much. I think I think they don't want to rush him. Uh, you know, maybe they just they they don't feel he's ready overall for whatever reason. Yes, he he's been crushing the ball, but uh, I, I don't I don't know. You know why the Yankees think that he's not quite ready to start the season. He doesn't have a lot of minor league experience. Uh, maybe they just you know it's an organizational philosophy that you know they don't want to rush the young guys. Yeah, I mean, Andy Hart, he's 23. He's actually going to be almost 24. I understand not rushing young guys at the same time. I don't know. To me, my, that was my initial reaction. My initial reaction was, I mean, wow, do we hate his defense that much? Because I'm with you, and I understand not wanting to rush somebody, but he certainly looked ready so far through spring. And so, yeah, you know what? This is actually a quick side topic that I've had here for us to discuss for a while. Talk about spring training. And when it comes to pitching, you know how it goes. A lot of people say, oh, don't worry, this pitcher might be trying out a new pitch or he's trying out a new way to approach the plate and work the strike zone and don't overreact. If you know how good the pitcher is, you know how good he is, don't don't worry. At the same time, and yeah, sometimes people are like, oh, look at how good the ice guy's playing. He's potentially going to get a job or he's potentially going to be the breakout player this year. And to me, Scott, it sounds like a lot of people out there don't take any of the bad and only take the good. It's like it, it's like everybody always puts up an excuse when somebody's playing bad. It's like, oh, he's trying something new. If he's a pitcher, if he's a hitter, he just hasn't gotten to his flow yet. He'll be fine. But then when it's something good, it's like, ooh, maybe I should have my eyes. It's like, I don't think you can do both, obviously. Like, that's not a fair thing to do. Say, just ignore all the bad, but take all the good. Yeah. Um, he's just been really bad at the plate. And, you know, there's so much hype when these guys come over, but you really never know for sure how anything is going to translate. You know, when you come over from Japan there, he's, he's, he's been mostly effective as a pitcher. As a hitter, he's just been, he's been a complete mess. And with a lot of guys, you can say, okay, uh, you know, it's spring training, they're going to work through it. You know, but this guy is face, facing cultural changes in a major way in the way the game that's being played and everything else around him. So everything's going to get magnified, but when it's going wrong, you know, if it's going that badly, you know, you have to be careful that it doesn't become detrimental to the team. All right, so looking at another signing that we didn't get to yesterday, but Carlos Gonzalez back with the Rockies. You think Carlos Gonzalez has fantasy value left in him? Or now this has just created a logjam where now you want to stay away from the outfield except for Ian Desmond. Look, he had a terrific September. He had 377 with six home runs, which is the amount, same amount of home runs he hit in the first half of the season when he hit just 211. You know, he claimed it was uh, because of a sleep issue. And then when he went to a sleep clinic, he came back and had that great September. But if that was the only issue, then why did he last as long on the free agent market as he did until now? 
Uh, you know, I think the overall perception, even from baseball people, is that he's not what he was, and he might even have the platoon in the outfield. And so that's the thing is this this pretty much destroys the value of David Dahl, who's got AAA options left, so he's headed to the minors. I mean, he's gone. Tapia's in the mix. Para's in the mix when he's healthy. Like I said, if you're looking at this outfield for the Rockies, unless something happens in this last two weeks with Ryan McMahon and he just bombs and they change their mind at first base and move Ian Desmond back to first, as of right now, I, I, I think we're stuck in fantasy and there's lost value. It's Ian Desmond, and that's it for the Rockies outfielders. Yeah, you know, and will Desmond move to first base now? Uh, in place, like I said, there? unless McMahon, I, yeah. I don't think I don't see how they don't use McMahon now. Yeah, I don't see how they use McMahon now. So it's a logjam there, and you know, David Dahl has not had a good spring. I think he has options left, right? Yeah. Yep. Yeah. So they could send him down. Uh, you know, Cargo's got something to prove here, though. That's so that that's interesting, and he did play well towards the end of last year. You know, it, 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 it's a mess right now. It fantasy is. Fantasy-wise. A fantasy mess, that's for sure. Is there any pitcher that you want for the Rockies, if you had to pick one? Would it just be John Gray, and would you try to avoid him at home, or do you want to just avoid the Rockies altogether? I usually avoid the Rockies altogether. Even if John Gray is your fourth pitcher? Usually somebody always jumps for him before I do, or outbids me. Yeah, but I'm, I'm giving it to him as your fourth pitcher. I guess but, all right, how about this? You, you I'm have just your never, ta- never been comfortable with tradition. I got a question. No, no, I got a question. So you have the Tout Wars auction coming up this Saturday. If I said John Gray, $6, you going seven? Uh, I'll probably go as high as eight. All right. So if I, I said nine, that you'd be, that's it? You're checking out? Yeah, I'm out. I'm out on a Colorado pitcher. You can – does Tout Wars, is it weekly roster or is it daily transactions? Weekly. Okay. So, yeah, you'd be stuck if you ever had a two starts and one was at home and one was on the road. That's the biggest thing, and that's part of the reason I also hate weekly roster setups. But that that's just tough. Because like, what would you do if you had a home road split? Would you go for the two starts or would you just bench them all together? Uh, probably, probably go for the split, yeah. You would? You'd, you'd risk yeah. it? I right. risk it. That's fair. All right, we're going to hit the break. We're going to come back. More baseball news. It's Roto Experts. Scott Ankle, Jess, Jake Seeley. Muscle Maker Grill was made for baseball season. Muscle Maker Grill supplies you with delicious, healthy meals that will give you energy to cheer on your team week after week. Whether you're craving flavorful salad, packed wraps, or guiltless entrees, Muscle Maker Grill has you covered. Hosting a game? No problem. Our catering packages will have your whole team satisfied with flavors ranging from Italian to Tex-Mex and much, much more. Visit MuscleMakerGrill.com for your nearest location and have a winning season. Welcome back to Roto Experts. Jake Seeley, Scott Engel, American Idiots. That's for sure. Fear agency, football, craziness. The legal tampering period, full effect. Yay. We're getting ready for the fancy baseball season as well. A lot of things happening over there. Talked about Carlos Gonzalez finally signing. 
talked about you know, Walker signing yesterday. The other one we didn't get to, Scott, is Lance Lynn finally signed. I was starting to get a little bit where actually there's two more to get to. Both of these guys are in almost, I'd say, 90% of my league so far. And I was starting to get a little bit worried about my shares for Lance Lynn. But not only does he sign, but he signs with a pretty good team for a landing spot. It's not as great as being in the National League because he is going to the American League. But... If you look at the division he's in, if you look at the ballpark he's going to be pitching in for half his games, if you look at the team that he has, the defense behind him, Lance Lynn with the Twins, actually pretty happy about it. I don't know if I am necessarily. You know, and it's not just based on on where he's going. You know, this used to seem more of a pitcher's park than it was. Uh, it's turned out to be. But if you look at some of Lance Lynn's peripherals, they are concerning. And he is also going to the American League. Now, Overall, you look at 11.8, 3.43 ERA, that looks pretty good on the surface, but the FIP was 4.82. The XFIP was 4.75. The BABIP was a very low uh, 2.44, and the strand rate was high at 79%. So a lot of the peripherals point to regression, and then you put on top of that that he's going to the American League. I don't think I'm as excited about Lance Lynn as you are. I don't think he's going to regress that much. I know the BAP was ridiculously low, but if you look at him before... Case for nine is only 7.39. That drops as well. Yeah, but he's never been that high. He's never even reached... Like, he has, what, one season of nine per nine? Like, one per inning? He's mostly in that eight range anyway. It was his his lowest ever. And and he was still successful, but if you look at what my point being is, if you look at the seasons before that, even with a BAP at 300 and 300 plus, still always a sub-4 ERA. I, I don't think, like I said, I think the BAP was going to have a sub four ERA in the American League, pitching for the Twins and in that division. Absolutely, I'd put the money on that. Look at the division. Yeah. What does he have to worry about there? I mean, honestly, he's get the he got the Royals. It's not, it's not like he's going to face that division for every one of his starts, though. No, but he's going to face them more than anybody else by far. That'll also and make them familiar with him too, though. I'm just not like, about that. I'm not I, I think about that. I, I think I, I think you make some good points. Yes, look at the division. Uh but that's probably the only positive I can take out of it. You know, the guy had a four four eighty two FIP last year. He was he was fortunate in Babip. He had the lowest Babip of his career and he had a very high strand rate. So I th- I think I don't think it's a slam dunk. I'm not saying you can't be right, but I don't think I'm quite as enthusiastic as you are. Even if he remained in St. Louis, I would say, you know, maybe, you know, this guy is primed for some regression here. Well, the ballparks, for that fact, they both play about almost the exact same, yeah. Cardinals and Twins. So, I mean, if you look at it, then that's what I'm looking at. You know, I understand you're not going to face them every single time, but you are getting the Royals, White Sox, and Tigers versus the, you know, Cubs, Brewers, and, you know, Pirates, Reds, yeah. whatever. So it yeah, is definitely fair. more for Yeah, it's a it's but, a better division for him to pitch in. Yes, I I don't disagree with you about the Babbitt being a concern, but at the same time, I think that he's better than, I think he's better than the the the, the XFIP shows. I I don't think he's a four seventy five pitcher at all. I think he's more around four, like three nine four four or five. I think you have to add something on going to the AL too, though. Right, which is why I think he gets the four. I and mean, look at his ERAs, 312, 378, 397, 274, 303, 343. He's only neared four that one year. And that's what I'm saying. I agree with you. I agree with that 343 was likely 
not feasible going to the American League, right. especially when you factor in that BAPIP. I just think that if you say you want to give me an ERA at four, like I said, you want to say 395, 405, somewhere, let's say at four. You get an ERA at four, you get 160 strikeouts, probably get a 10, 11 wins. I'll be happy with him as my fourth starter. And that's the okay. thing is most of the places I've been getting him, Scott, because of the concern, because of the fact he wasn't signing anywhere, I was getting him as my fifth, sixth starter. So that's right. that's well, that's did, why I said I'm gonna say he did have a nice rebound year from uh, you know the Tommy John. His right. velo- velocity was was just ninety one point eight though last year on the fastball. I don't think has he ever had a high fastball though. I think he's only he's always sat around ninety two. He's a, uh, he's ninety two point eight ninety two point four. Yeah, he's a mix it up kind of pitcher. If I'm looking right now, I th- I, th- I think I think I think he's what we're, we're conversating to be. I think he's a middling yeah. pitcher. I would say if we're looking right now, if I'm looking at his metrics for maybe the reason behind the BAPIP and all that type of stuff, the only concern I would really have is his first strike percentage. It looks like he's getting behind. He's only got 54.6 percent half the time. He's starting behind, and that that's not going to lead to success. So that would be my concern. I would want to see him fix that. But the other one, Scott, that I owned just about on every single team along with Lance Lynn was Jonathan LaCroix because he didn't have a team. And now he's going to Oakland where he's going to be the every everyday catcher for the Oakland athletics. And you know what? He doesn't hit a lot of long line drives. He's kind of a ground ball hitter, but for fantasy purposes wise, Jonathan LaCroix is always going to be inside the top 10. He's always going to be producible. And the fact is if you get 140 games from a catcher, you know how great that is. You probably look at it, I'd say 130. So you're going to get 130, a good average, 270, 280. You're going to get 10 to 15 home runs. This is another one where I'm glad I took the gamble on Jonathan LaCroix. Uh, last year, uh, six home runs in 123 games. He wasn't healthy he played, much last year. Yeah, that's, that's, a, you got that's the thing, year. though. Can, can he stay healthy? And, you know, in 2000, in 2015, he just played 103 games. Now, it was just two years ago. Where he hit 24 home runs. Uh, I'm not even expecting that. I'm expecting the yeah. 2013 14 Jonathan LaCroix. Right. You're expecting maybe 15 to 17 home runs. Yeah, somewhere in the middle yeah. team. Last year he had a 286 BABIP, which is below what uh, his usually career track is at 311. Uh, yeah, yeah, so I could, I could see him being a pretty good number two fantasy catcher. You know, yeah, he, for- he, he is 32 years old, though. You know, that's, I think that's a minor concern as well. Oh, that, that's obviously always concerned. Yeah. I forget now. I was trying to think of who I – because I paired him. Oh, I paired him with Alex Avia in labor because I wait on catchers all the time. I always wait on catchers. Would you be okay with that duo in a 15-teamer? That's, hey, that tout wars this weekend, Scott. If I gave you Jonathan LaCroix and Alex Avia for a combined $5, would you be happy? I would. Yeah, I'd be okay with that. Because that's basically the cost if, like, with how late I took both of them. And then I do have Chance Sisko on the bench too. So – yeah, Cisco's, Cisco's going to start, they announced, yeah. I know. Cisco is my last round pick. For a while, yeah. Last round pick in labor. This is, that's the, see, there's the upside of the downside of drafting early, Scott, as we always know, because labor draft the second week of February. I've already lost Yuli Gurel. I've already lost, who else did I lose? Uh, oh, Daniel Murphy might not be ready to start the season. So I have those two situations going on right now with my team, and that's the downside of drafting early to February. But at the flip side... Got Chance Cisco the last round of the draft. I got a couple other values like uh, Kopich. Everybody's on him now. 
Who else? But, you know, J.P. Crawford wasn't supposed to have a job at the time. So, you know, that's the upside and downside. Which do you prefer? Do you like drafting early enough so you can get the values like I did? Or do you prefer to wait a little bit so you can avoid drafting like a Gurriel and then not having your guy to start the year? Um, it really depends on who it is. I think you can get some good values with injured players. Uh, yeah, but I, again, like Michael Conforto in the 17th round, you know, I'm definitely willing to wait a month. Uh, you know, Daniel Murphy, I got in the fifth uh, before, you know, some more recent news about him, and I was very happy at the time. Yeah. All right, we'll move on to the next play. Real quick, uh, football news as it's coming through because I just see it on the, the Twitter timeline over here. Yeah. So Don't two sleep things. on any of this. Uh, you can't. can't. Yeah. <laughs> so it's going to be up for the next 72 hours. Uh, so the Bears might not be bringing back Cam Meredith. They have, to, they have the option to match contracts because of what they exclude. They gave him that original tender thing, whatever it's called. Uh, but apparently they went hard after Watkins in addition to Allen Robinson. So maybe they're not sold 100% on. That'll be interesting to watch to see how this goes. But the, the other one, this is the most interesting one. They bring one, back Scott. Cam Meredith. I don't think it's not because they're not sold on Allen Robinson. It'd be a nice pairing to have. No, no, no. It's, they weren't sold on Cam Meredith. That's what oh, I'm saying. Oh, of course not. Yeah. 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 So here's the interesting thing. So this contract for Andrew Norwell, Scott, he is now the highest paid offensive lineman. Not guard, offensive lineman. He's making 13.3 a year. Akun makes 13.25, and Trent Williams makes 13.2. He's the highest paid offensive lineman, a guard in the NFL. Well, uh, you know, that seems like he's well-earned. You know, certainly uh, certainly the top guy out there at guard. There's a lot hey, of could- tackles out there, but not a lot of guards. No, kudos to him going from undrafted to being the highest-paid offensive lineman in the NFL. Yep. But in any case, in addition for you guys, uh, make sure every three minutes in America – Someone is diagnosed with blood cancer. Unfortunately, only 30% of the patients are able to find a compatible bone marrow donor within their family. But that's how you can help. Go to dkms.org front slash FNTSY today and sign up online to register as a donor. DKMS will send you a swab kit, which legitimately takes one minute to do. You swab each of your cheeks and send it back to them. And that's it. You're done. DKMS will then try to match you up with a person in need of a donation. Process is easy, but best of all, you can actually save somebody's life. This isn't metaphorical. It's literal. You can save somebody's life. Go to check, or go to check out DKMS.org, front slash FNTSY, and see how you can help. All right, Scott, so Lance Lynn, we got all the signings here. I want to bring up a certain picture that... You know, people are like, he, they know the upside with Vincent Velasquez. They know his strikeout ability. They know the excitement behind him. But there was talks that Vince Velasquez might not be ready until May, and then he wasn't throwing. And then all of a sudden, Vince Velasquez is out there throwing already, looking good, and not only just looking good, but looking healthy, striking people out. Vince Velasquez, where are you on him? Are you on board? Are you all in? Are you going to you know, get some excitement back for Vincent Velasquez? Well, you know, injuries were a big thing last year. And, you know, talking to some people from my Fantasy Baseball Insider series last year, in the preseason about Velasquez and talking to some people close to the Phillies late that previous season in 2016, the feeling was that as good as Velasquez was as a uh, in talented as he was, you know, between the years there was still, uh, you know, there's still a lot going on there that he, he needed to fix and, you know, had to become more of a pitcher than he was in a thrower. You know, he is going to be 26 years old, so... Uh, he, hopefully it's time to, for him to mature if he can stay healthy. Obviously the Ks per nine were terrific in 2016. 
10.44 last year. Only played 15 games, but was down by 8.50, and he was just never the same. Those but the 5.13 ERA, the 5.52 ERA. So to me, the guy's a total wild card. He's it's very, very difficult to project what you're going to get from Vince Velasquez. You, you well, that's be, what you just said. You, you can wild be, card, Scott. Yeah, you could be uh, so joyous you picked him by May 15th, or you could be cutting him by then. Yeah, well, it was the thing that you said. The wild card is his wildness. If you look at the walks, uh, over three per inning all the time, it all the way through the minors. The last time he didn't have over three per inning, you have to go all the way back. I mean, and we're talking about significant innings. You have to go all the way back to 2013 in single A when he had a 2.7. So he still crept close to three because anything lower than that, it was 8.2 innings. That doesn't count. Five innings doesn't count. Five innings doesn't count. Everything else over three. for, And then, as you mentioned last year, up at 4.3 per nine. And then he does the worst thing that you can do when you walk that many people. Scott, you know, this, this is something that plagues Tanaka. It's something that used to plague Severino until his breakout season last year. You get these guys on base, and then what do they do to make it worse? They give up home runs. <laughs> Yeah, you know, and it, it's easy to do in that ballpark. Yeah, 1.88 home runs per nine last year. Yeah, and, you know, it's up all around the majors, but uh, I think that's very disturbing. Although in yeah. 2016, it was still 144. You know, it, it wasn't yeah, right. Yeah. No, Astros, it was 0. 0.81 in 2015. There, I guess there's some hope yeah. there, but he's, uh, he's wild thing Vaughn. He's Ricky Vaughn, man. That's what you have to Pretty hope. Much. Just scare some people. Last year, 4.25 walks per nine, and it was 3.09 uh, in 2016. So there's something that he obviously has to curb. Uh, the whip one last year, 150. It was 133 in 2016. So you got the home run issues. You got the whip issues. Uh Everybody loves to see a strikeout pitcher, but you know we were talking about Jake Judas this morning and Sean Newcomb. You know, do these guys have less control issues, command issues than a Vince Velasquez? We just know a Vince Velasquez more, but Judas or Newcomb could turn out to be sleepers. Yeah, absolutely. And if you want more help with this, fantasy baseball-wise, the stuff you're looking for, go to Fantrax.com. You can create the ultimate dynasty, keeper, or redraft league using Fantrax's free commissioner product. Find out how it feels to have the deepest player pool, multi-team trades, player salaries, and contract options all at your fingertips, and all are fully customizable. And with Fantrax Treasure, you can set up league entry fees and safely distribute the payouts without a third party so you don't have to track down owners for payments. Enter promo code AL, it's A-L, and sign up for a chance to win 10 private consultations with Fantasy Baseball Hour host Al Melchior, valued at $109. Check out why Fantrax is the home of fantasy sports at Fantrax.com today. Scott, as we close it out, this might, if you're listening to this at night, you're listening to the replay, it might have already happened, but make your prediction. Kirk Cousins will be a blank in free agency. I still say the Vikings. Yeah, me too. Although... It is that you let on his blog. He did originally tag the Jets, too. I saw that. I think he's just yeah. trying to play it up for the most money possible. I don't think oh, he yeah, really you have to do that. Go. He might mention the Cardinals at some point, too. Yeah, but, he keeps you know, doing he's, that. He's, he's, he's going to go he, somewhere, and, and the Jets and the, and the Bills uh, will probably have to fight for A.J. McCarron along with the Cardinals. <laughs> Good luck with that. Yeah. <laughs> but he was smart. He did it. He was out with Larry Fitzgerald. He said, hey. This guy's a stud. He knows what he's doing. Kirk Cousins is a smart guy. All right. 
We're going to be back tomorrow. Probably a ton more to get into. Jake Seeley, Scott Angle. Go check out rotoexperts.com. Get ready for the fantasy baseball season. We'll see you tomorrow.